Christmas toy? No! Am I the Christmas toy? No! Am I the Christmas toy? No! The Christmas toy! Hey everyone, welcome back to another briefcase of the Black Case Diaries. Hello! Happy Woo. New Year's Eve! We did it! That's right. We're at the finish line. <laughs> 2020 <laughs> is coming to an end. Whew. What it's... what if we what if we wake up and there's a December 32nd this time? Oh Adam. my gosh. <laughs> Shut it. I wouldn't even be surprised. I'd be like, "Yeah, you know what? That would happen." Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so We've decided, because it's still Christmas, guys. Christmas is not just one day. It's right. 12 days, just like the song. <laughs> so we've decided today to talk about a very special made-for-TV Christmas movie. And this one's a little more obscure than some of the things that we've been talking about. You guys know about The Muppet Show, right? And The mm, Muppet yeah. Movie, and The Muppet yep. Christmas Carol, and yep. loads of other Muppet things. but. Oh, yeah. The Muppets actually have a whole catalog of TV and home video releases, including a long list of Christmas specials. Do you guys, how many of those have you guys seen? <laughs> Out of the huge list of them, probably only 20%, if that. Ah, I like that yeah. you're going with percentages. Like, yeah, I, I was very, I was very mathematical like, with you. Maybe one or two now, <laughs> but... So just for fun, I did a Google search of a list of all the Muppet Christmas movies, and I still could not find a complete list. Every list we found features Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, which aired while the Muppet show was still going strong. This is actually, this was the special where Paul Williams got introduced to the Muppets. And so without uh -huh. that special, we probably wouldn't have the music for the Muppet movie, and we wouldn't have the music for the Muppet Christmas Carol. So, Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This special is probably the best of them all and really set the stage for more Muppet movies to come. We also see the delightful Muppet Family Christmas listed with Letters to Santa. Even the very merry Muppet Christmas movie gets mentioned, which is very meh, to be totally honest. Have you guys seen that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh -oh. in, in that one, it's a, it's a whole It's a Wonderful Life thing. But of course, there's even more. We already mentioned Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree earlier this season, which we love to hate or hate to love, possibly. <laughs> so today, we're talking about the underappreciated and often forgotten The Christmas Toy from 1986. So this oh, one's... Oh, baby. By, by <laughs> the way of Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree, this one is a little more swept under the rug. However, I would say it is better than Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree, so don't worry. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know, I know. And this one lacks the star power of Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> oh, yep. that's right. It's Boy. really saying a lot. So the Christmas toy, what did you guys think of it before we, before we go into it? Well, I had never heard of it until you mentioned it. Yeah, same. Saying we wanted same. to watch it. But after I was like, oh my gosh, this is top tier. <laughs> Jim Henson stuff like why haven't I seen this before and why haven't I already watched it three or four more times <laughs> it was it was wonderful I 
thought it was so cute. <laughs> All the little characters had their own little personalities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. I watched this as a kid and I I cannot tell you when I watched it with you guys, I can't tell you how long it had been since I had seen the whole thing because I I watched it as a child (laughs) and I was uh, affected by this. This thing really, very deeply affected (laughs) me. And I remember thinking that it was actually a, a full fledged television show. It wasn't until last year, I think, my sister, Rachel, and I were just like scrolling through Amazon looking for a Christmas thing, and we saw it, and I was like, oh my, oh my God, it all came back. I didn't even know what it was called. I didn't even know, I was like, (sighs) it was just this weird nostalgia rush. I immediately remembered the whole thing and just, (laughs) oh my God, it's Parts of it really traumatized. That's awesome. It's a kid. <laughs> so it was so cool to, and that we didn't get to watch it. So it was so cool to watch it now, and to just like go through all of those feelings <laughs> from when I was a kid. So, okay. So the Christmas toy was produced by Jim Henson and Martin G. Baker, with the executive producer Diana Birkenfield, and directed by Eric Till. The story was written by Laura Phillips. She had also been called in around the same year to help rewrite and contribute to Jim Henson's movie, The Labyrinth, yeah. which is also one of our faves. Hey-o. Yes. And this short 50-minute special aired on ABC on December 6, 1986. A year later, it would be made into a storybook written by Joanne Barkin and illustrated by Lawrence D. Fiore. Music and lyrics were done by Jeff Moss, and if you don't recognize his name, you might actually recognize some of his music and lyrics from Sesame Street, like (laughs) I Love Trash and Rubber Ducky. Rubber Ducky, you're the one. Wow. I mean... (laughs) Who doesn't remember that? Like, come on. Dude, I would love to have on my, like, resume of songs (laughs) something called I Love Trash. In the original release, Kermit introduces the story and sets the stage dressed in a Santa outfit on the roof. Unfortunately, due to legal issues with Disney in 2006, many releases around that time cut Kermit out because... As we have discussed before, Disney acquired rights to the Muppets. Fortunately, at least for now, you can view the original beginning and everything on Amazon Prime. Not a sponsor. Yeah, not a sponsor. So, due to the popularity of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas and other attempts at seasonal specials, the Christmas toy was born. In order to make it happen, the main voices for Fraggle Rock were brought in and some new voices as well. According to the Jim Henson Company, he was inspired by the Velveteen Rabbit and the Nutcracker to form the characters that he brought to life. Aww. The Velveteen Rabbit. Oh my, I'm crying now. (laughs) Although Jim Henson produced the special and still contributed, the AV Club points out that he had the most hands-off approach with this because there were so many other projects calling for his attention as well, such as The Labyrinth, the Tale of the Bunny Picnic, and The Storyteller. Yeah. This this special almost feels like it could have been a Storyteller episode. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so let's talk about what this, this thing's about. It's Christmas Eve in the Jones' house. The playroom of Jesse and Jamie Jones is abuzz with excitement as the toys prepare for the newest arrival to their household, the beloved Christmas toy. Last year, Rugby the Tiger was the Christmas toy. The rest of the toys try to explain that he will soon be replaced, but Rugby refuses to listen. Instead, he decides to sneak downstairs and place himself under the tree to be the Christmas toy again. But if Rugby or any other toy is caught outside of its normal position in the playroom, they will be frozen forever. Other toys, like Mew, an adorable cat toy, and Apple the doll, attempt to save Rugby from this terrible fate. (sighs) Rugby, you big (laughs) dum-dum. The first thing that came to my mind when watching this and hearing that part is, like, imagine being a kid and opening a new Christmas present and it being just one of Mm -hmm. your old toys again. I'm like, (laughs) oh, man. Like, it just, it wasn't going to (laughs) work. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It was a, yeah, it was a failed plan from the start. I, I love rugby's design because there's something so familiar Mm -hmm. about it. The way they designed the toys was so good because they look like toys. They don't look like Mm -hmm. puppets. Although the concept of toys coming to life was not new, for example, Pinocchio, Winnie the Pooh, or the Island of Misfit Toys, toys coming to life, it's the nature of the of the toy, really. You know, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Every child, uh, toys are real to children, and yeah. so it the idea of a toy coming to life makes total sense because it's got eyes and ears and a mouth, and it's got features that make us feel like it could be a living thing and it's not a stretch and so the the idea of a toy coming to life is very popular yeah and and it makes sense because that's kind of how you play with a lot of them right yeah you give them a life as you play with them yeah exactly Mm -hmm. exactly this story brings a new high stakes obstacle to that narrative being caught and frozen in place forever is an imminent threat even for a cat toy like Mew. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. This harkens back to one of Jim Henson's inspirations for the story, The Velveteen Rabbit. Within The Velveteen Rabbit, there is also a heavy sense of doom for the toy character as he is possibly to be burned in order to disinfect the environment that the sick child is in. So when we say these toys are frozen forever, uh, basically <laughs> what happens in this special is that when a toy is seen outside the playroom in the wrong spot, like basically if you're anywhere where you weren't left by a human, mm-hmm. you are frozen forever. Why? I don't know. There, it's just the laws just the of rules. toydom. Yeah. <laughs> basically, you're dead. You're, you're gone. gone. You're just a toy only. <laughs> they kind of have like this mass grave. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that about? I <laughs> it's so hard because... You know, the other toys will be warning this toy, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, no, don't. Hey, no, don't do it. And a parent, like, will just, you know, pick up the toy and be like, oh, pff, what's this doing out here? Just tosses it back into the playroom. <laughs> and it seems like the most whatever thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Something that we have done thousands of times. Oh, oh what's yeah. this doing here? While that person is doing that incredibly mundane activity, they are ending <laughs> a life. Like that. <laughs> it's over so quick. 
I wonder, does that mean it's dead to the child, too? I mean, there's just this mass grave of these toys, but the child never plays with them again? Is it a ruined toy now for the child? You know, it's implied that the kids have never moved them from there. If if they're just piling yeah. up, then, yeah. you know, because the kids probably would have put them away or left <laughs> them in a different spot. But if they're all just piling up, then they've probably never been touched since. Yeah. 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 And oh, my. Oh, wow. oh. So when I said that it, it uh, traumatized <laughs> me, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> As we were watching this together, I had I had thought of this at some point in time. I remember in the very back of my mind going, you know, this is very similar to a certain Pixar movie that I've <laughs> that I've seen before. And then when I watched it with you guys, it was like, oh my god, <laughs> like hit uh, you over the head with a rock, kind of like wow. Yeah. Okay. You may be thinking, I've heard this story before. Toy Story has brought characters like these to life before. Well, yes, Toy Story has a very similar plot, and many characters from the collection are almost too similar. (laughs) But the Christmas toy came almost a decade beforehand. The similarities have brought some, like Cracked, to go so far as to say that Toy Story shamelessly ripped off the obscure movie of the Christmas toy. Yeah, there's no... Nobody can ever know... The right. only people who are going to know are the people who actually made to- Toy Story or who wrote yeah. it. Yeah. And know. I don't think, I, I don't, I think that, you know, there's really nothing new under the sun. Right. I mean, they might have been influenced by this, but I just yeah. think it's a funny thing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they were, you know, taking notes like, oh, well, let's just change this name. You know, let's right. just do no. that. They're not being but exactly. about it. It is a funny idea that maybe they did. <laughs> <laughs> So the biggest similarity is probably the plot line. They're, it's basically a basic plot, but it's very glaring that they're the same. The toys come to life when humans are not looking at them. So, of course, you have Rugby the Tiger is essentially the original Woody, where they're both the main characters. And although their appearances are very different, the attitudes they gain when learning that a new toy may be replacing them is... Pretty similar. Yep. So the next similar characters is Meteora, queen of the asteroids, (laughs) is our original Buzz Lightyear. Right. So Rugby is afraid of being replaced by this new toy. He goes downstairs, opens the new toy to find that it is a space toy. So (laughs) kind of weird. Who doesn't realize that they are a toy. Right. And truly believes themselves to be what they are. You dare to touch the queen? Uh, Inhabitants of many planets have died for less. No, they haven't. You're calling Meteora a liar? No, I'm calling you a toy. Yeah, they, they both believe they're real. And they're the newest toys that cause quite emotion commotion without even meaning to to the main character. <laughs> so the next one is similar, not to the first Toy Story, but I believe was this the third? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Third one. We have Balthazar the Bear, who was the original Lotso the Bear. So yeah. the physical similarities, such as being a bear, obviously, the thick eyebrows. And the cane. But they're both also kind of seen as the wise old leader. Right. In both of these. 
this almost seems like Toy Story 3 was kind of... It's almost like an homage to this. It, it, at this point, it doesn't feel like it's a ripoff. It feels because right. in in Toy Story three, when they meet Lotso, it's like you know they're in a playroom, right? I believe they're yes. in like a child's playroom. Yeah, like a daycare. Yeah, it's yeah. A daycare, I believe. And yeah. he he's this older bear with a cane, and he's just you know he's kind of the wise leader of the group, and this is how all the toys in the playroom see him, and this is exactly what happens with this bear. Mm-hmm. And this, and it almost seems like, oh, if if Buzz and Woody stumbled upon a playroom somewhere, <laughs> maybe there'd be an old bear with a cane, you know, telling everybody <laughs> what to do. But then there's a twist on it with Lotso being evil. And so our final major character that we're going to point out is the Barbie doll, which was the original Bo Peep. And mm. the Barbie doll in Christmas toy is literally dressed as Bo Peep with a staff and frilly dress. Yeah. Yeah, she's just missing the sheet. <laughs> but again, I wouldn't say, like, a Bo Peep is such a popular children's character. It's right. like, two Bo Peeps, man, that makes sense, you know? Like, it's not... Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's fun similarities. Yeah, th- there are a lot more that just watching, <laughs> we could just see them. And as they were happening, one more I want to mention briefly. When... The doll, Apple, was talking to Rugby about how she used to be the favorite toy and how she was replaced and all that stuff. It reminds me of the song from Toy Story 2 when when Jessie was singing about how she used to be somebody's toy and how she misses that so much. And it's a very similar feeling. Like you could almost insert that song right there and it would fit. Perfectly. Well, because I think they even do a flashback. Yeah, they do a right, song yeah. and a flashback where she's opening Apple on Christmas morning. And I remember because we were watching this overcast and Adam just wrote in the chat, when somebody <laughs> loved me. <laughs> so we're going to run through some of the voices in this special. There are many of them. Some mm-hmm. of them you probably heard before since we talked about the Muppets. So first we've got Dave Goals as Rugby Tiger and Ditz, the, the toy clown that uh, doesn't have such a great Christmas Eve. You may remember that we've talked about Dave Goals many times as Gonzo and a few other Muppets, but he was also Boober in Fraggle Rock. As we Yay. mentioned before, lots Aww. of Fraggle Rock Boober. names coming in. Yeah, so... Ditz is that toy that dies that <laughs> early on in the special to yep. indicate to the audience. And it's this like upbeat, happy, silly clown toy. And then it, it, they just like slowly carry it, carry it over to the pile and, and drop it on. Mm-hmm. And you guys were like, this is pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> I, what really got me was just the pile of toys. Yeah. Like they, yeah. there's nothing else they can do. They can't have like a burial, right. you know, they no. can't prop it up on the shelf. They Thank just God though, the they pile. don't bury them. Right. True. You know, because of the ending. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh. Spoilers. Next is Steve Whitmire as Mew and the Dauntless Dragon. Known mostly for taking over Kermit after Henson's death, he was also Wimbly Fraggle. Mm-hmm. So um, Mew is the cutest thing. So yeah, I love I love Mew so much. Such a simple puppet, really. You know, yes. just a hand in the yeah. 
Rugby, you were pretty good. For a people toy? For any toy. And Mew also dies. Spoilers during this. Yeah. And it is so heartbreaking. That was the part that I remembered from my childhood. That was the Mm. part that I, when I was watching this, I was reliving. It was just so intense. If it had (laughs) ended that, just like that, I would have been so upset. I would have had a completely (laughs) different opinion of this. Especially because everybody was being so mean to him because he's technically a cat toy. Yeah, there's this weird class structure in the toy room. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not a people toy, then you are not as good. When it happened, I was actually kind of in shock a little bit because I almost thought that he was just in shock. He was in shock because Ah. I was like, how... Oh, I, I felt like a cat toy would be different. You know, it's like the cat could take the toy anywhere. Like that's you know. true. I that's was true. like, why would he freeze? Like a, the humans don't have to be like, oh, that's misplaced because a cat right. would move a toy around anywhere. That's so a good yeah. It's like, oh, surely he's just like in shock. That's it's a good point. Why would he freeze? Because he literally could be anywhere in the house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I would say unless the cat finds them out of place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the cat's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so next we have Catherine Mullen as Apple, the doll. She also plays Moki Fraggle and Cotterpin Doozer and also puppeteered Kira in the Dark Crystal. Nice. Which is super cool. I also love that she looked like a Cabbage Patch doll. Yeah. Yes. Especially because in the 80s, that was the toy. A big yep. thing. And yeah. it. And it would have made sense that two years before that would have been the Christmas toy, you know? Absolutely. We also have Jerry Nelson as Balthazar the teddy bear. He's also Gobo Fraggle and the Count from Sesame hey. Street. I love that. Jerry hey. Nelson. Yeah, Jerry Nelson was one of those guys that worked with Jim Henson from the very, very beginning and was mm-hmm. in a lot of different stuff. He was also the ghost of Christmas present from... Nice. If you guys remember, if you guys remember from the Muppet Christmas Carol, his voice sounded very similar to Balthazar. Next is Richard Hunt as Belmont, the rocking horse. He was Junior George in Fraggle Rock and Scooter and many others in the Muppets. Richard Hunt was the, if you guys remember from our Muppet episode, he, he was a younger guy that was with Jim Henson for a long time too from the beginning and he yeah. kind of idolized him and that's where the scooter character came from because he's always kind of right you know he's all <laughs> nervous around Kermit he's also the one that passed away just before Muppet Christmas Carol the name Belmont is a reference to the famous Belmont racetrack located in New York which is a pretty hey. cool little tidbit yeah yes. next is Camille Bonora as Meteora and Molly She is known for many voices in many different Jim Henson projects, including Little Red and Meryl Sheep in Sesame Street, which is a great name. (laughs) That is an amazing name. (laughs) She is also the character Twitch in another little-known special called The Tale of the Bunny Picnic. Next is Brian Henson as Cruiser, the taxi driver, obviously a producer on many Muppet movies and shows, but he was mm-hmm. also Hoggle in the Labyrinth. Yeah. Which, yes. as we mentioned, is wonderful. This character is so cute. Cruiser. <laughs> He's like this little, he reminds me of the Doozers from Fraggle Rock. It's kind of similar yes. character model. 
because yeah. yeah, the facial structure and everything is just this round thing with yes. a hat on him. They look like the Fisher Price little circular people that would just had pegs. They were like, yeah. they didn't have real legs. Do you guys remember those? Mm-hmm. Yes. Next is Rob Mills as Bleep the Robot. Request permission to join the mission as Robot Guard. Uh, affirmative, Bleep. <laughs> he was also <laughs> Ludo from The Labyrinth. Um, but he also did special effects on many other movies, including Secret of the Ooze, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sequel. That little robot is very cute, and he is very adamant about doing his job. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I remember I remember Belmont wants to get back to the playroom, and it's like, forget it. Let's get out of here. It's, we're going to get caught. And the robot's like, negative. We are staying here. The mission is not finished yet. <laughs> Like, great job, Bleep. You're doing it. You're doing it. Next is Nikki Tilro as Dingaling, the rotary dial phone. Do we all have one of these? Of course. Yes. She was also in Fraggle Rock as a Muppet performer and played the board of birds from Follow That Bird. You guys know that one? Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) I do know Follow That Bird. Did you watch it? Have you seen that one, Adam? I have not, but when I looked up this for the research, I was like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. <laughs> this is the very this is the very special movie that has the Grouch anthem at the beginning of it. Uh-huh. So if you yes. guys have ever heard of the Grouch anthem, this is where it came from. So You can thank this movie. Yes. <laughs> to commemorate this very special movie, they had Oscar the Grouch come out. Patton style with like the big American flag behind him for the Grouch anthem. And the song is really good. I really want to see it now. Dingaling, the only thing that weirded me out about her is her little beak mouth. Like, you know, oh, it looked like yeah. a little, you know, it's just like in the middle of her dial and it just looks mm-hmm. like a bird beak. And that I, is I don't weird. know, that kind of weirded me, but I mean, yeah. she's cute other than that. I think they wanted to do that. Because, one, they needed it to show that it was talking in some way, like, without, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. some, something way more complicated. And, you know, yeah. the one in Toy Story doesn't talk. Right. It, you know, the rules uh, of it, you know, the toys that have mouths can talk, but the rest of them true. are just alive. It, yeah. I mean, except for the little... Uh, <laughs> the little binoculars. He can talk without a mouth. I don't know why he gets the exception. <laughs> For some reason, yeah. <laughs> plot. He just needed to. The questions that haunt us. <laughs> that's, that's right. I, anything where stuff comes to life, I have so many questions. <laughs> so next we have Marsha Moreau as Jamie. Known for many children voice acting roles. From Little Bear to Madeline to Babar. The, that. Aww. Yeah, she she's she's in a ton of stuff for for kids. It's wonderful. Next is Zachary Bennett as Jesse. He is an actor who has done plenty of voice work, but is known for his roles in Maudie and the recent Umbrella Academy. Wow! So uh. he's in like you know some of the in right. crowd stuff now. We should tweet at him. We should be like, "Hey, do you remember the Christmas <laughs> yeah. toy? Yeah. What are what and are your you thoughts on it? the Yeah, what are your thoughts on the Christmas toy v Toy Story debate? What do you think?" Oh, so. yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's got many opinions. 
And last but not least, of course, Jim Henson as Kermit the Frog and the Jack in the Box. But, uh, I mean, what else can we say about Jim Henson? I mean, we'll probably have a lot to say about him in a in a future episode. Very I'm true. Gonna guess. Yeah. It is I, Kermit the Frog, and uh, in uh, in honor of this Christmas season, I've chosen this rather unusual way to introduce our story. You see, I. Wah! In 1994, Jim's son, Brian Henson, brought back some of these adorable characters for a show based on the movie titled The Secret Life of Toys. What? And although Apple the doll is replaced by a doll named Raisin, many of the other characters are present. As I was looking into it, some people thought that she replaced Apple because some people thought Apple fell too much into the uncanny valley. Oh. That Raisin, Raisin looked more like a, an actual doll. Got mm. it. Okay. But, yeah. Interesting so, that they were concerned about that, because I feel like concern for the uncanny valley has really gone by the wayside yeah, in recent years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's some scary shit out there, guys. <laughs> But many of the other characters are present, such as Rugby, Mew, Balthazar, and Cruiser. And the two children have also been changed to be Penny and Simon instead of Jesse and Jamie. Hmm. Yeah, which was an interesting choice. We also see that Ditz the Clown is alive! Hooray! So, yeah, so let's explain that. I, mean, I can't explain it very well because I don't understand it very well, but... <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the special, when Rugby finds that Mew basically sacrificed himself for Rugby. Yeah. And he dies, and Rugby is incredibly remorseful and, you know, is like, oh, of course, Meteora is the Christmas toy. I understand now. I accept this. And he kind of, you know, he gives a speech about how he loves Mew and how Mew is actually his best friend, even though he's awful to him. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> And uh, and Mew comes back to life, and then all the other dead toys come back to life too. It, it just—it's a Christmas miracle. That's right. It's a yes. Christmas miracle, and love. And I love—I love how Kermit wraps it up at the end. Everybody's happy and you know dancing around because all the mm-hmm. all the toys have come back to life, and uh, toys that probably have been dead for months, maybe even years, <laughs> yeah, knows? are coming back to life. It makes me wonder what what the do those toys remember? Do they remember just being there but not being able to move? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> oh no, Marcy. But yeah, so you know everyone's all happy and and running around, and Kermit just looks around. And he says, "Well, seems like everything turned out well here." So Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing else to do here. Bye. Uh, <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> The Christmas Toy is a sweet, interesting story with enough holiday cheer to get the whole family into the spirit of Christmas. With characters like Mew, a toy often looked down on for being a cat toy instead of a real toy, finally finding his place among the other toys, and Rugby Tiger finally understanding that he needs to let someone else take the spotlight. We learn lessons of acceptance and humility. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful story. Yeah, it's really cute. And the songs are good. And I think it's good for kids since it has a happy ending. Bit, a bit rough yeah. there in the middle, but, you know, yeah. it comes out okay. 
Because a lot of things in the 80s were like that. Very rough in the middle, and then at the end it was like, ah, oh, it was all right. Yep. <laughs> Everything's it's better all than good. it was before. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad so. that Mew gets a gets another friend. Like a second That's right. Gets a lady friend. Yeah. A lady mouse is introduced. Oh. Kind of like how a Mrs. Potato Head is introduced at the end of the first Toy Story. That's ah. right. <laughs> Sure, there are some scenes where things may seem a little darker sad, but it all has a happy ending, and that's what's really important. <gasps> so we happily end this year by saying Happy New Year, Cassettes, and we will see you again in 2021. Absolutely. Yay! Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. So yep. we just hope for the best. We wish you all happy, healthy days ahead. Yes. And, you know, thank you so much for listening to us this year. And last year, we really appreciate that. So thank you so much for listening. I think that is a briefcase closed. Yeah. <laughs> but again, thank you so much. Check out BlackCaseDiaries.com for more information on this show and our new show, No Small Parts, the audio drama that we released on December 24th, this past month and we will be releasing another episode in january at the end of january so just you know go subscribe to that we'll also link to it in this episode description yes all right happy new year happy new year bye Everything worked out really nicely here. I guess there's only one thing for me to do, which is join in.